Episode 9, Chimpsters. Okay, Monkey Soup Podcast is back. What's up, guys? So today's episode is about hipsters and what are they? Yes. Yeah, so what is a hipster? Like, how do you define what a hipster is? Is kind of the overarching question here. Well, so we've had a number of discussions about counterculturism and right. this whole disassociative norms thing, and it it kind of blends down to like there's this whole style of hipster in the modern day that you know it's typically like uh, some sort of plaid. Uh, vintage is normally a common feature of their fashion, right. and then they got like you know the the square frame glasses and the hair and the mustache. Mustaches are making a comeback. Mustaches are definitely making a comeback, and of course you got to listen to the alternative music, and you got to you know of course have a love with old things and and vintage uh, architecture and cars and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's not even the cars. Like I don't even see that. Most of the time, they're just so entrenched in this idea of like if it's mainstream, it's not cool. Yes. So it's like it's a purposeful irony to like kind of go against the grain. Uh, it's really frustrating to listen to people that talk like that because I personally don't see why anyone cares because it's almost like that they're so desperate to define themselves that they're going to just kind of grasp for straws and just grab whatever they can yeah but at that point it becomes this like form of elitism but that's kind of what it is right yeah yeah i mean and and ultimately i think that's what we're kind of getting at is that a hipster is just such a broad term because there are so many different people there's so many different trends there's so many different just variables that ultimately you can label so many different groups of people just based on you know not even commonalities just very different things as being hipster which is why i think more than anything hipster is probably more age related than it is you know what you necessarily subscribe well so here in Austin, I think what kind of promotes that is this uh this very college centric population. University of T- Austin or University of Texas at Austin is here, mm-hmm. and I, I think that kind of environment fosters this whole youth revolution type. Oh, definitely but mentality. The, that's just kind of the nature of college. Like, and, and that's a great thing. Too. Like, what the movie that comes to mind is Richard Linklater's first, which is Slacker, and that's just even in the '90s, you got to see like how the mentality then and the mentality now are very similar. And I, that's why I like that movie a lot because it kind of grounds you and reminds you that okay, even now in 2014, we see all these prevailing trends. But even back in the 90s, these very similar things were happening. But, of course, we kind of lost sight of that, and we think that what we're doing now is so novel. So it's almost like the idea of the hipster just kind of evolved. Could be. I don't know. It's kind of weird to think about it in a way because, like, we grew up in the same generation, and yet you and I come across as, like, closer in mentality to our parents' generation. Maybe slightly. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more progressive, but not this social, I've got to be, I wouldn't necessarily call it, like, an extremism. Right. But it's, like, people are, like, so interested in pushing the envelope with, like, finding themselves. And I don't really, I don't know, I, I never really had a issue with finding myself so to speak. Yeah, it's definitely true that we're interested in certain things where we make them happen, right? And just based off that, this kind of definition of finding yourself, which is why I'm not, I'm still not convinced that running away to Europe and, you know, taking a backpacking trip or just driving cross country and, you know, having some experience is going to necessarily 
you know, promote you as like an individual. So I'm not sold on that. <laughs> it seems to be kind of a phenomenon. Yeah. And then there's like this fascination with this fantasy of being the impoverished artist. Uh-huh. Yeah, big as time. It's... We've seen a lot of that lately. Now, granted, I know a number of people here in town that are following their passion, which mm-hmm. happens to be in line with that idea, but they're not doing it to be like, oh, I'm living the artist way. I'm starving myself for the sake of my art. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they just don't make that much money at it. Right. Cause and effect. But a lot of people I know actually do what they do because they love doing what they do. And that's admirable, I think. But yeah. some of the people that move out here because it's like, yeah. oh, Austin's <laughs> a really cool, trendy spot. You know, the food's good, whatever. And then they just bitch about it. There's an article going around. Definitely having the passion is more important than just, like, thinking that you're going to somehow starve yourself and that's going to produce great art. Like, that kind of... suffered. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I think that, like, this lifestyle change is going to somehow turn you into a great rather than actually having the drive saying that I can make not much money and still Mm -hmm. get by long enough to see myself. And it's really strange to see this weird trend where people think that just because they thought to combine two mediums that it's original. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I would beg to differ because Dada was probably the most original movement of its type. And then after that, everything was just postmodernism. Yep. Uh, Everything had already been done. I mean, I've got an entire idea about originality and how we could talk about that later, but... I don't know. People oh, are so infatuated yep. with like, oh, that's been done before. I've seen that before. It's this like, I don't know. It, co- it comes back to like snobby yeah. attitudes sure. about things. And that's really frustrating. <laughs> it's like there's no fostering of individuals' abilities. It's more like, oh, what are you doing that's different? Yes, yes. And so everybody's just trying to push the envelope in their own way to obviously, you know, get more Twitter followers and make a name for themselves. Right. Well, I, I think that's slightly different i don't really know anyone i don't know anyone who's classified i would classify as a hipster like in it to win it in that respect that's true yeah because most hipsters are just kind of more about um just trying to foster the image than they are trying to like create a following so that that's actually an interesting point well so then at that point what makes a hipster a hipster is it like they're purposely fostering an image or are they fostering an image of themselves and that makes them hipster yeah i I, it must be something very like it's weird because at the same time they're labeled as a collective but i think the inspiration comes very individually it's just it's this idea that i am but is the collective inspiring the individual oh the hive mind is taking effect (laughs) i don't know man because it's kind of an interesting subject because it's like on the one hand it's like they're individually inspired enough to think that i am somehow the next great artist i'm going to go out and by following steps a b and c i'm going to somehow become the next you know michelangelo or something well so some of these kids actually don't follow that idea it's like i'm not going to be the great artist i'm not going to you know i'm gonna go do my own thing yeah versus the traditional path that most of us took where you know after high school we went to college and then from college we got a good job and then now we're there we're kind of just kicking ourselves thinking like oh well i didn't do all this stuff back when Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, There's it, definitely a bit of that going on. I, I think it's a really interesting idea that you know these kids have a mental freedom from a lot of those expectations that I think a lot of us grew up with, and more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they kind of do break from the norms, and they, and they do their own thing, like it or not. And there is, I do have a certain admiration for that, but at the same time, they get a negative stigma attached to them because well, it's of because that. the yeah. ones that you think of. I've met some people that you know, again, classified as hipster. Oh, me too. But. Yeah. They're incredibly nice and genuine people. And then I think the people that are popularized in the media are the snobby, like, 
holier than thou kind yeah. of mentality, and it's not an accurate portrayal. But I mean, there are people like that. But I mean, there's people like that in all cultures, right? My kind of eventual point is that if you look at like a modern bell curve, right, you, you see most people kind of fall in like the middle, but you have that extreme five percent that are taken. They're they're going to be the ones that are uh, the YouTube stars, the people who are you know in various TV shows, uh, exaggerations. You know, that, that's what they are, right? But for most people, though, I think it's more of a moderation. They may be slightly fascinated with some subjects more than others. But that's why I think that it ultimately just comes down to it, it's sort of like a zeitgeist. It, it's like a, it's a state of mind that our entire generation's in. So ultimately, I think a hipster really comes down to just being in a certain age range. Because if you were like under the, if you're born after like 1985 or so, and if you're interested in a myriad, one of a myriad of subjects, then you, therefore, must be a hipster. What does that make me? I'm, like, in all sorts of stuff. Right. And, and, and Everything from math and science to art and engineering. So, and, therefore, you must be a hipster because you have a fascination <laughs> with, with one of many subjects. Yeah. Well, so what's the difference between a hipster and a Renaissance man? It's interesting to think about, too, because is it the elitism, or would you say the Renaissance man is a certain elitism also, right? Renaissance man is just a individual who has... Uh, a lot of knowledge in a very kind of archaic or sort, sort of, of a jack of traits, but in some cases, yeah, uh, yeah, you're never really a master of one, but like you master certain subjects that like right. highly fascinate you. To a degree, I think the hipster culture kind of follows that mentality and they kind of make a lifestyle of it. So you see the new bands hanging out at the coffee shops, go to well, the so go not, to the shows. That's yeah. not being a renaissance man, right? That, no, that's not actively that's... pursuing a you know an interest. Of right. sorts. There, again, there's plenty of people that do that, and I, I, I think this whole obsession with being trendy and this concept that's been fostered by Twitter and social media about you know what's trending and what's popular, it's almost like a living, breathing tabloid of life. Whoa. <laughs> there's the thought. Wow. And you got this whole generation of people that are so impressionable and so obsessive over like minute details of everyone else's life. It, yes. It's kind of like you know Vogue has kind of in faded everyone i'm only using that as an example there's plenty of other really shitty tabloids that kind of do the same thing mm -hmm. but yeah no there definitely are yeah it's it's interesting but at the same time though the hipster ultimately says oh vogue i'm, I'm way too progressive for vogue right so it's almost like a, a step past that mm -hmm. into this like new area of like what's cool beyond like what's revealed by the tabloids okay so step into the non-traditional hipster uh the idea of progressive metal Okay. It's like, wow, that shit's progressive, but yeah. it's not as progressive as this band. Or like, oh, you listen to these guys? These guys are way more progressive. <laughs> and again, it's I true. think... It's very true. I think it's just another variant of indie elitism. Mm. That, that's more or less where mm -hmm. I think it falls because, you know, you, there's a fashion sense to it. There, there's, a, there's an entire culture established around it, and yeah. it has a very distinct image. I'm, I'm a King Crimson fan, I'll admit it, and, it's, and there's kind of... The nature of progressive metal, yeah, it's always like, oh, I listen to this insane progression, yeah, and well, this is so much more technical than you. I would so There's a one-upsmanship, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just wish the fedora would die. <laughs> well, and then that that's just like... Sinatra entire... made it work, and everyone else after that is just... Right, and that was, you know, over 60 years ago. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's it. That, it's just weird because, yeah, and, and now, of course, you associate the fedora with, like, more unsavory things when, of course, yeah, the Rat Pack. Really crappy mustaches. Bad must, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's really weird to see, like, these really noble originalities that were, you know, so cool a few decades ago, and now they're just, like, almost ostracized. I think part of what made mustaches so badass was the fact that the people wearing them were far more, like, built. It, it was the Industrial Revolution, 
And we had individuals that were burly and stout and manly. And they're wearing these mustaches that today on these scrawny little, you know, pasty kids, it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) It doesn't have the same connotation. Go gain 40 pounds and, you know, curl some stuff or something. (laughs) So the generational hotbeds of what hipsters. Here we go. um, We're noticing a trend in East, East Austin. Yeah, well, East Austin has definitely turned into a hotbed. Like um, it just has. I, I think it, that's. Le- I think that lends itself to the whole cost of living thing. Um, individuals typically in that age range don't make a whole lot of money. Yeah, and there's a problem in Austin as well as across the country where you know, big cities are starting to become tech boom towns, and now all the people moving here, you know, cost yep. of living and it's becoming really unbearable. Yeah, so originally East Austin was uh, really low. It is is pretty easily accessible and pretty easily affordable. Not too far away from downtown. It's great. And then gentrification. Then gentrification happened, and now we're seeing a lot of high rises, and we're seeing. Uh, but at the same time, even though the cost of living is going up, there's still a lot of culture there, which has mm-hmm. been kind of established and cultivated by the hipsters. So it's kind of interesting to see it happen because there's both positives and negatives. Right? Well, so yeah. I I think the East Austin culture, specifically with East Sixth, mm-hmm. East Sixth. There we go. The bars there are actually pretty nice. Oh yeah. They're really like they're very chill. Yeah, um, you can actually have a conversation with someone. Their selections are pretty cool. There are a lot of local craft brews. Yep. Um, there are some wine places. Yeah. There's some cool stuff. Oh yeah. I think that's a very nice dichotomy to West Sixth or Dirty Sixth, as most people here call it, um, where it's just loud club music and shitty well drinks and you know dollar specials that are only enticing like the college crowd to kind of you know spend their money there and. Yep. I I, I think. Those kinds of places have their place in that economy, but I think a lot of these newer places that are popping up on East 6th are actually trying to develop like a community. Yeah, and in a lot of ways that's refreshing. But at the same time, though, it, it definitely attracts a hipster population. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, give or take. That's how it works. So arguably the phenomenon, right? If you got to look at one place, let's talk about Brooklyn, New York. Because like Brooklyn, New York is like the well, so that was like cutting the edge place of the yes. starving artists, so to speak, in America. Sure, and like was well, because obviously Brooklyn was a lot less expensive than Manhattan, so mm-hmm. people were in, inclined to move out of Manhattan and uh, you know make the transit from Brooklyn. Well, people saw New York as like a beacon of you know modernism. And sure, it always has been. How to make yeah. it big in the world? Uh, so a lot of artists and young affluent individuals ended up moving up that direction, and Brooklyn just happened to be like the place where you landed. Absolutely. And now, of course, Brooklyn is similar to Manhattan, becoming prohibitively cost uh, gentrified. Yeah, it is absolutely gentrified. Uh, now people are starting to realize, like you know, Brooklyn's kind of out, and then they start moving out west. And then you see the modern day manifest destiny. Yeah. <laughs> so they end up in, now. Now it's like it's interesting how it's kind of centralized around the West Coast because. Uh, some of the more notable cities for these kinds of things are like San Francisco, California, and yeah. Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, and Washington. Sure. It's like we have Portlandia, which kind of gives a <laughs> – That's a great example, yeah. But it, that's a really good look at what's going on. I'm not sure it's a really good look. I think it's an interesting perspective sure, into so, a world where you know that that's kind of become the norm. I didn't say it wasn't exaggerated because right, right, it definitely right. is. But at the same time, it's still it's, – it's kind of a play off that, which is what makes it so funny. But right. it's interesting that something that this new has already become this influential that you know they're making television series about it. It's interesting that it interests so many people that way. Shout out to our friends at IFC. Keep making good stuff. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so Portland is definitely a lot of fun. Seattle, uh, kind of self-explanatory, birth of the grunge scene, so it's always been a bit counterculture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they legalized marijuana recently. Uh, and then California, which has always been the you know progressive state, 
And San Francisco is just is probably the, one of the most progressive cities in that regard. Yeah, it's, so, it's in the shitter right now. Yeah, I know. San Francisco as a whole, I think it's a great city. I've been there. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, you get north of there and it's a little weird. Uh, yeah, but then again, though, you, don't, you don't have to go to uh, the Bohemian Grove, right? <laughs> like San Francisco right, right, has right. a lot of different areas. Yeah. It's very diverse. Yep. Uh, but it's also kind of like a tech hub. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they, Silicon Valley's right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, you get a really interesting combination of people that are both, you know, technically influenced, and then you got, like, the artistically influenced as well. So it's like a weird melding of technology and artistry. Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and San Francisco has always been kind of progressive like that. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Okay, so we talked about people moving out, you know, west, kind of doing their own thing, and, like, People actually move from California to Austin specifically, like to live here and pursue, you know, whatever it is their aspirations are. But uh, I, it's interesting to see that this whole generational gap has occurred. I think it's kind of cool that it's happening today uh, because I think back to the 1920s and 30s. Oh yeah, uh, with the flapper. Oh mentality. yeah, raging 20s. Woo, raging 20s. I mean, there's like a whole bunch of millennials, so to speak coming out into the world and like having their own ideas and aspirations and then they go on and do all this stuff and granted a lot of it was fueled by booze and drugs <laughs> <laughs> what isn't <laughs> but at the same time yeah. like, you know that was the height of mob crime it was also like you know it, it was an age where you could actually make something of yourself it was a, yeah well if you think about just like the like i think boardwalk empire fun show it definitely does a lot of looking into this uh you just look at like the nature of prohibition and then you look at like why the 20s happened and like everything kind of led up to that mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense it was just a hotbed there was just a you know it reached critical mass bam and now naturally the mob got involved and they've created alcohol lines and i think that you can definitely drop parallels to today with like just the nature of marijuana the nature of like people trying to make a name for themselves. Well, look at it, it this way. Imagine yeah. think about how many like craft breweries have popped. Oh, up big time! Years. That's that's a great point. Yeah, I mean the parallel between prohibition back then and the modern day, where it's like it's cool to have you know a name and a brand for a beer. Well, yeah, and, and focusing on craft beers, absolutely. Like we've seen back in just a few years ago, there are only a few craft breweries, and now there are dozens, and, like and across the country, hundreds have just mm-hmm. popped up. Yeah. I think it's a combination of uh, cost of production has gone down, but then like the drive to actually want to do something with a craftsman approach, regardless of whether or not you appreciate what a hipster is or does or whatever, like they tend to take a lot of pride in their work. Oh yeah, and because of that, I think it actually makes a better product. Oh yeah, some things are better than others, but but actually, if anything, it just makes them compete to make a better product. And as a consumer, you got to reap the benefits of that. Well, I'm not even sure they're that big into the whole idea of competing. They're not so big on how much more progressive they can become. I think at a point, whenever you get to the scale of something like uh, Gesture King, mm-hmm. your goal is to make your product that much better for your clientele. Sure. Uh, you're, you're, you're not so worried about like, oh, my beer is so much better than this dark ale. Or Well, keep in mind that Gesture King also recently got national distribution going. Yeah. Which, but is, I mean, which is interesting. It's really so, cool because yeah. I mean, it just shows how popular the brand is. Yeah. But despite that, I think think it comes down to you know it's not about this whole consumerism commercialism idea it's kind of cool to see them break away from those norms where you know it's like you know the 60s was all about like how big can you make your brand and then the rise of tech companies and having to outdo the other guys saying like i want to sell more computers than apple or ibm and now it's like how good can i make my product Sure. It's kind of a modernization of the build it and they will come. So if anything, we're seeing a kind of change in in perspective. Well, so now because the market's so saturated, it's a matter of build it better and they will come. That's kind of 
the shift, I think, and that's where the great divide is sort of happening. So it's like, especially with the rise of the apps, like yeah, one, there, there's big, so big many, there's so many calendar and to do apps. It's like, which one works better for you? Right. And then you use it and then you recommend it to your friends and then, you know, they, they have an informed opinion and it's just, it's so hard to separate that from how things used to be where it's like, oh, you were the top dog because, you know, people liked your stuff and they always buy your stuff and then right. everyone else kind of drowned. Yeah. So we're definitely seeing just, yeah, big change in just cultural shifts in that direction. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just kind of interesting. So like, just the nature of like co-ops in general. Like, w- like one thing kind of on a different note we've seen with hipsters is that, I, and which is what I like about it too, is kind of based off that idea is that people are more willing to commune. It's not all about like conserving all these resources for myself. Therefore, you can't have any. It's it's a lot more of a communal based effort, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of like the rise in popularity of uh, organic farming culture. Oh, big time! And. I think there's a lot of positives that come out of that. So, mm-hmm. like, people are so quick to condemn hipsters, but at the same time, it's like we're seeing a lot of really progressive, cool stuff happening. If anything, it's kind of a throwback to the days whenever you actually did have community gardens and all that kind of stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. They're bringing a lot of these ideas back. And it's kind of sad to see some places like uh, in California where they had that one local ordinance. Uh, there was a city council that basically said, like, you could not have a garden in your front yard. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I did not hear about that one. But, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see, like, these really progressive trends turn out. And if anything, it is sort of like a rebirth maybe of, like, some previous ideas that maybe didn't make it. But at the same time, it's very optimistic, and I really like that because it shows that we're kind of making a more progressive future. And maybe the things that didn't initially get traction now have an opportunity to. Oh, yeah, okay, so it was a zoning law. Uh, of course uh, it was. Some parts of the ca- country, but few have fought back, blah, blah, blah. I'll have to read more about this. But anyway, the kind of the high parts is that there's a zoning ordinance that prohibits individuals from having a garden in their front yard or in the yard in general. This is a whole other talk, but it kind of enforces this idea that you cannot fend for yourself. Oh, so it, it kind of like makes you rely well, on yeah, the, it producing. kind of makes you rely yeah. on commercialist right. entities. And yeah, that's lame. Hipsterism yeah. kind of breaks that norm. And personally, I, I again, I find that admirable. I'm totally okay with going off the grid and producing your own electricity and food and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a great idea, and it makes a lot of sense. But so, like, the communities that rise around these ideas, they, they do some really cool stuff. Uh, community gardens, community art projects. Yep, um, yep. Really just developing a sense of community because I feel sure. like in the modern day we've lost that. Social media has kind of, you know, broadened the whole I can go across the world and still talk to my friends on a regular right. basis, which is cool because you still have that connection to people. But you don't have the connection with people that I, I think people kind of lack. And so it kind of leads to this modern day of depression. and yes. I, I think it's kind of where this whole evolution of self kind of comes into play because, like, you've lost your sense of, like, what made you you back when, like, back mm-hmm. whenever we were growing up in the 90s. What brought us together was, uh, like, Digimon, Tamagotchi kind of things. Sure. And then, like, that, that was the cool thing is, like, you would actually, like, try to hang out at recess in order to play Digimon. Oh, I totally remember that, yeah. Pokemon cards or what, whatever the cool trendy thing was for kids back when yo-yos were a big thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's like... Nowadays, it's like online yeah. gaming is kind of like fostered communities, but it's not. It, it doesn't have the same personal touch. No, I think. it absolutely doesn't because because you can sit on one side of the world, have a, have a connection, you know, and the, be playing with somebody on the other side of the world, and it's just yeah. Is it fun? Sure, but mm-hmm. it's it's not the same kind of personalization. It doesn't make you actually want to go and hang out. That's why it's kind of cool for us to like go out and you know go get dinner or have a drink at a bar or something. And sure, just chill out, talk, do shit. 
we've made an entire episode just based off like the the ills of corporate culture, just kind of based off like how you can't really trust anyone else. So therefore, you're kind of not inclined to make friends at work, and therefore, it's all about you know what happens after work. And uh, yeah, it, it's our, our our sense of culture really has eroded. And if anything, you're right. Uh, this whole kind of change in ideology can really help foster a more communal effort, which would probably yeah benefit a lot of people. Maybe the hipster mentality is actually a good evolution. It very well could be. Uh, Future modern man. <laughs> there you go. Well, go ahead and tweet us. Uh, let us know what you think about it. Bye, guys. <laughs>